Welcome to the 343 Ministries podcast, where we want to help you be the church right where you are. Whether at work or at home or with your friends or your families, we want to give you practical strategies that can help you build your communities in Christ wherever you are in life right now. So let's get started. All right, welcome back to the 343 Ministries podcast. I'm Todd Baker, your host, and so glad that you are joining us today. We've got a great topic. I want to encourage you with the fact that every time we get together, we're talking about this question. What kind of community are you helping to build? And we really get that from Matthew 15, 18, which says this, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And so what are the things that are coming out of your heart into your community to helping it to become something great? Um, what, 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 how are you contributing to your community? And so today we're going to look at a passage in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 31, and I'll just preface it with this. This is a challenging message. This is one of those that you know Jesus kind of puts out there, and I think that it encourages us, but it also challenges us. And so the, the, the topic that we're going to discuss today is, is, are you creating a loving, forgiving culture or a hating, revenge-focused culture? And so Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 31, Jesus says, But I tell you who hear me, or I tell you who are listening, to me. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to that person the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop them from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks, And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. (laughs) Do you see why it's challenging? Um, Let's let's back it up just for a second. This is Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount, and he really is pushing... Everyone who is listening, because at this point in Jesus' ministry, everybody's listening. No one has outrightly rejected him. No one has, has said, we don't believe in you, that everybody was still listening. But I think he was narrowing his audience a bit by saying, I tell you who are listening to me, meaning not just hearing the sound of my voice, but processing the words. And this one really would have made people stop and say, are you kidding? I'm not going to love my enemies. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's what Moses said. But the context of those scriptures is what Jesus was addressing here. He was saying, in other passages, you've heard that it was said, you've heard that it was said, you've heard what it w- that it was said, but I am telling you this. I'm telling you God's intent for those passages 
was not to hate, but to love and to forgive. And so if we're going to become communities focused on loving others the way that Jesus does, did, and continues to do, then we have to take these words extremely seriously, even though they are potentially the most challenging words that he spoke. To love your enemies, love, the word here that's used is the word agape, which is unconditional love. It's unconditional in the sense that no strings are attached. There's not an expectation of something in return. But you're loving someone in order that they may benefit. And the reason he said it that way is because that's how God loves us. God loves us knowing that we're actually going to reject him most of the time. And that's not why he loves us. He loves us because he created us and because he values who we are as people as the people that he created in his image, different from all of creation, that we, in Genesis 1, it says that God made them male and female, and he saw that it was very good. Distinctly different response from the rest of creation. He thought his whole creation was good. It had this sense of goodness, that it had this sense of value. But humanity had an even greater sense of value to him. And so there's this, this distinct goodness from God to us that no matter what we do, he loves us. And he loves us without expecting anything in return. And that's how Jesus was encouraging people all of us to love an enemy now an enemy is someone who is anti you <laughs> they're against you um, it, it follows up and he says do good be concerned about these people make it your life's work to be concerned about the people who don't like you do good to those who hate you. Now, when he says that the word hate is, this, is the same for detest, someone who pursues you with hatred. And it's just, when I have seen documentaries of, of the civil rights movement, when I have seen the um, true horror that those years that Everybody saw things on TV in the 1960s, which happened for hundreds of years to African Americans. I think we get this idea of hatred. People who pursued hatred to get rid of people from a, from a culture, from a community. Jesus is speaking to people who have been pursued in that way to get rid of you that i don't want to see you anymore i don't want to know you and we're to be concerned about those people and when you when you hear it that way it makes you realize why it's because the people who are pursuing out of evil are the lost ones they're the ones who don't know they're the ones that jesus was hanging on the cross looking out 
saying, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know the actions that they're taking. They're completely out of their minds because that's what hatred does. And then he says, bless those who curse you. And so to curse someone is this intent and, and the, the invoking of evil against someone. And it's, it's a buildup. You can see that there's this pursuit of hatred. There's this cursing because you're so angry. You're filled. Your body is completely filled. Your mind, it's, you, you can think of nothing else except for something terrible to happen to someone else. And then Jesus says, pray for those who mistreat you. Mistreat is this word for abuse, for insult, spite, accuse falsely, someone who lies about you or who threatens you. Now th these are the words that we know for bullies. People that want to bully you, people that make it their mission to make you as miserable as they are. <laughs> And yet Jesus says, not only do I want you to bless them, which is to wish someone well, but I want you to ask God to do them good. To bring goodness into their life. It's not just about you saying, hey, I wish you a great day, even though you're picking on me, you're, you're pushing me, trying to push me around. He's saying these are the people that need prayer. My friend Chip Ingram says it this way. He says that there's always a why behind the what. There's always something going on when someone behaves this way, when someone acts out of anger, out of hatred. There's something going on that they need prayer for, that they need God, they need His goodness. They've forgotten or they've never experienced his goodness, his love, his mercy. They've only experienced something else. And he goes even further and he says, okay, so that's the groundwork. Those are the basics. Here's a practical action. If somebody slaps you or strikes you, the word here is smite <laughs> or wound. Someone wounds you. So... We could hear it as physical. We could also uh, hear it as words, people that use words that defame you, that are demeaning. When they say things, when they hit you with their words or with, in this case, with their hand or their fist, you're not to retaliate. You're to turn your face so that they can hit the other side of your face. So it's not an eye for an eye is what Jesus is saying. It's not a slap for a slap. It's not your mama's joke for your mama's joke. It actually is the opposite. And that's why this is so revolutionary, so challenging, so difficult. Because when you are hurt, when you are hit, most of the time you're not prepared for it. You're not prepared for someone to hit you with words or their anger, or their hate, or whatever the situation is, to respond this way. And that's why we, Jesus is saying, look, I'm preparing you 
for when this is going to happen, because if you follow me, then this is the way that I'm asking you to treat other people. I'm asking you to go to your enemies and to pray for them and to bless them and to actually do good to them. Be concerned for them. And then he says, another example is that if, if someone takes your cloak, if they take your, this was the upper garment in uh, Jewish culture, the undergarment was the tunic, and it was this scene of, of a robbery, but a robbery where someone comes and just takes your coat. And as they're running off, you say, wait a minute, here, take my undershirt, here. You obviously need it. And it's having that perspective that though someone has this deep desire to take something from you, to, to harm you, that, it, that the response is not to grab them and beat them. Rather, the response is, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm, I'm not going to defend myself by offending someone else. It's not about turning on the offense. It's about allowing someone to that's craving something, that's desiring something so much so that they will steal it, that they will take it from you because they can't see any other way. And so we're not supposed to stop them from doing that. And then it says, give to everyone who asks you. Everyone who is, this is that word for begging and for desiring. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, if anybody takes by force the things that belong to you, do not demand it back. Don't pay me back for it. You obviously needed it. And then Jesus finishes and says, do to others as you would have them do to you. And so in that case, he flips it around and he makes us the enemy of someone else. And so we all have the propensity to behave this way to be an enemy to someone. And how would you want them to treat you if, if you were their enemy? You would want them to love you. You would want them to pray for you. You would want them to help you because you're so blind with your um, driven ambition to make sure they pay for something that you don't have this propensity to forgive. And until you see them as merciful, as benevolent, as helpful and kind and forgiving, you will not see them as a human being. You see them as an object of cursing, an object of hatred, and it is almost impossible to shift your mindset. And I think that's why Jesus says, look, this is how you can experience love. In the, in, in the deepest sense of how God loves you. Because we reject God, we turn away from God, we curse God, we're so angry at God, we throw ourselves on the floor because we're so mad about our circumstances and we cannot do anything about it. And what does God do in return? He loves us. He loves you. No matter what, no matter when, no matter how big, no matter how small, the offense that we direct toward him, he is quick to forgive. 
slow to become angry. His first inclination is mercy. It's love. It's forgiveness. It's not retaliation. It's not revenge. It's to draw us close so that he can be loving toward us and forgiving. And so to become like Jesus, to become this way, it, it, it takes extreme effort on our part. It really does. It's, it's, this is not something magical that just happens. To become a loving, forgiving community is formed by people who give and expect nothing in return for their gift. But to become a hating or hateful community, those are formed by people who take and who expect more than what they took in return. Now, which one do you want to become? A loving community or a hateful community? Because the option is out there. There's two different paths. One is towards fulfillment, satisfaction, hope, mercy, kindness, gentleness, growth, development, prosperity. The other is towards destruction. Destruction of self, destruction of others, destruction of our world, destruction of communities. And so Jesus is saying, give, and don't refrain from giving. Don't hold back. God doesn't hold back from you. When you ask him and when you turn to him, he is giving. He is loving. He is kind. You may not see it immediately, but when you turn your heart and your mind towards God, that's his response. And so the question I think here that Jesus is not stating, but I want to ask is how, how are you loving the perceived unlovable in your life, in your community, in, in your circle of influence at work, uh, on your campus, in your home, in, in your neighborhood? You know, how are you, when you perceive people that are, are enemies or against you, what does that look like? And, and how can you be willing and ready to sacrifice yourself and what you have for them? How can you intentionally be willing and prepared that if they come to take your cloak, you'll give them your undershirt too. If they come to slap you, you're prepared to turn the other cheek. If they come with words of insult, you're not responding with insult. You're praying for them. You're, you don't have to stand there and, and, and be a part of that. I'm not suggesting that. But the response of retaliation feeds the flame of hate. That's why Dr. Martin Luther King was different than others. He, he focused on this aspect of turning people's hearts by not retaliating to evil with evil because God is the judge. God is the rectifier of all injustice and all evil in our world. And in the small ways, identifying the people who we perceive as our enemies and beginning to pray for them, beginning to see them as 
humans, as opposed to an object to curse, shifts the, your entire perspective. And that's what Jesus wanted to do. He wanted to shift these people's perspective, and he wants to shift ours as well from naturally hating to supernaturally loving. Our natural bent is to hate and to be selfish and to be self-centered. Our supernatural bent is to love and to forgive and to be kind and merciful. And we learn that by asking God for help, by blessing people who don't like us, uh, by, by pursuing people with love when they pursue us with hate. And that somehow God will begin to change their hearts and show them that his love is possible even for those who are perceived to be evil through and through. And so who can you sacrifice for today? Who is that person in your mind or in your community? And what can you give up for yourself and give to that person? That's, that's my challenge. Is it money? Is it food? Is it clothes? Is it time? Is it energy? That's something that you need to think about to process. And that's what this passage challenges us to do. It doesn't just say, okay, good feeling. Have a great feeling today. And it's all done. Just go home now. Now, this one makes us stop and say, I'm not like that. I don't like some people and i don't want to pray for some people and everybody feels that way and jesus said i know but i want to help you to grow i want to help you develop i want to help you to become as loving as god is and that's when your community will start to change that's when your household your family your friendships your work situation all of that will start to, to, to come into a different perspective because you're not entering it with the focus on you. You're, fo you're entering it with the focus on others. And how is it that God can use you to help them today? I hope this has helped you to think through some things and inspired you, hopefully. And I hope you have a great rest of the week. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the 343 Ministries podcast. As always, you can donate to our ministry at 343ministries.com slash give. 343 is a 501c3 registered nonprofit organization. Also, subscribe to our monthly devotional email for actionable strategies on how to keep building up the community where you live in Christ. And for more ideas and tips, check out our Instagram at Todd and Meredith Baker.